This show is a part of the podcast network of the Walled Garden Philosophical Society, an international community of philosophers and seekers dedicated to the pursuit of truth, wisdom, virtue, and the divine, wherever they may be found. To find out more, go to thewalledgarden.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Searching with Seneca. Now in this episode, I'm just going to be quickly focusing on the last couple of verses of letter number 12 on old age, uh, because he brings up an idea that I believe we've talked about before uh, from Seneca's philosophy that I think is is worthy of repeating, uh, as he does a few times throughout his letters. And that idea is basically that, you know, you want to value the words that somebody is saying and what those words mean not necessarily the person. The person comes secondary to the value that is found uh, within the words that they speak. And we'll explore this idea a little bit more uh, once I've read uh, what it is that I'm going to read here. So, just before I read it, I should mention that he's starting this passage by quoting Epicurus. Uh, So, he says, quote, It is wrong to live under constraint, but no man is constrained to live under constraint. Of course not. On all sides lie many short and simple paths to freedom. And let us thank God that no man can be kept in life. We may spurn the very constraints that hold us. Epicurus, you reply, uttered these words. What are you doing with another man's property? Any truth I maintain is my own property. And I shall continue to heap quotations from Epicurus upon you, so that all persons who swear by the words of another, and put value on the speaker and not on the thing spoken, may understand that the best ideas are common property. End quote. Alright, so I'll start by talking about the quote that he gives from Epicurus, because I really like this. Uh, You know, it is wrong to live under constraint, but no man is constrained to live under constraint. Uh, This uh, obviously is an idea that is talked about often by the Stoics and and especially by Seneca, which is that, look, if you don't like the rules of what it means to be an honorable person or the the rules for how to live well in this life, uh, there are multiple ways that you could actually leave this life and you could do it on your own terms. You know, it's kind of a really dark uh, proposition, but he suggests, hey, listen, if you don't like the rules of this life, that's all right. You can leave it, and uh, and and that's that's literally the laws of this experience that we're all having here. Uh, but it also reminds me of uh, the story that he tells, uh, maybe in a future letter, uh, where he discusses the the young Spartan who was taken as a slave, and on his first uh, and when he is first ordered to do something, uh, I believe it was to take a chamber pot out or something like that. Uh, he basically runs against the wall uh, while screaming. I will not be a slave, and he cracks his head on the wall. And 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 the lesson that Seneca takes away from that is that this is how close we are to true freedom, meaning we can always choose whether to do something or not, because we have the very powers of death in our hands. So again, this is a really dark idea, uh, and and one which is almost uncomfortable to talk about. But it, it's it's a sound philosophical principle, meaning that uh, literally we do have that freedom within our hands uh, to always order our own lives and to not be a slave to those people around us, or uh, you know even a slave to ourselves and our and and our passions, right? And and so anyway, moving on from that, the most important point that I want to get at here is uh, is just this idea that. Tr- 
truth is common property. You know, I think that Seneca hits the nail on the head here because so many people focus way too much on the speaker uh, ahead of the words that they're speaking, you know, and, and so in doing that, they actually lose the value that they could have from those incredible words or, or you know, valuable lessons from that person because they have a certain view in their mind of what that person is and that stops them from seeing the truth. But Seneca is saying, don't focus so much on the person, focus on the truth that they speak. Because even if you don't like the person, you can still love the truth. You can still love the lesson and what it teaches you and what it guides you to do and, and, and act like in your life. Now, of course, you can say that, you know, somebody's bad example is worth pointing out. And that's very true. If somebody's not being a good example, you might want to say, well, I don't want to be like that person. But somebody who gives off a bad example can still speak very, very wise words. And uh, that's not necessarily the case with Epicurus, of course. Uh, but he's trying to point out here that even though I'm a Stoic, that doesn't stop me from seeking wisdom wherever I can find it. Just because I consider myself to be a part of this philosophical school does not keep me from seeking the most wise words, the most truthful words from the people who I can study. And, and I think that that is, is, is a really key idea that Seneca tries to push throughout all of his philosophy. And I think that it's great that he pushes this because, you know, if you focus on the person first, then you can quickly fall into an ideology. You can quickly fall into group think, you know, uh, whereas if you're focusing on the wisdom first, then you're going to catch wisdom that you wouldn't have caught otherwise if you were focusing on the person. And, you know, you might think, okay, well, what, what would it mean if I was focusing on the person first? Well, you know, I'll give you a classic example, which I've given multiple times uh, before, which I think is, is very, uh, very useful in explaining this very point. Uh, you know, in a Facebook group, uh, I saw somebody post in, in a Stoic Facebook group, uh, they posted a quote from Jordan Peterson. And very quickly, the discussion went from discussing the quote to, well, is he a Stoic? And to me, I was kind of thinking, it doesn't matter whether he's a Stoic or not. That doesn't matter one little bit. That's not nearly as important as whether or not this quote is valuable and what it means and what it can teach us and what it can help us with in our lives. Whether he's Stoic or not does not mean anything because truth is common property. Truth is everybody's, right? It belongs to everybody. And if you focus on the person and whether or not they belong to your tribe, as opposed to focusing on the truth of what they say, then you're missing out on that common property truth, which other people will catch and you will not see it. So anyway, I won't riff on any longer about this point because I think that uh, ultimately it's a simple one to grasp and it's one that Seneca will bring up many more times in his letters. And, uh, and, and I think it's useful for us to think about this, right? So when you're going about your study, you know, when you're going about uh, seeking wisdom, just remember that the, the truth is common property. It belongs to everybody. No matter where you find it, it's yours to keep and it's yours to discover. You know, so, uh, so I think that that's a valuable lesson for especially all of us in this modern age where tribalism is making a triumphant return and we seem to be valuing the person first as opposed to the message or the truth uh, behind the message. And, uh, and I think that this is such a key idea that, that really will help a lot of us to uh, focus on what's important and what really matters. And so anyway, 
I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I'll talk to you next time.